Welcome to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you're interested in staying healthy, becoming fitter or stronger, getting rid of pain, or enhancing your athletic performance, this is the place for you. We're excited to be part of your journey to better health. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Performance Podcast. We have a smaller crew today, Dr. Nicholas. What's going on, everybody? Shroda. Shroda. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Marissa. Marissa, how are you doing? Uh, Great, Chris. Uh, Guys, I wanted to talk about how to beat Achilles. Is it tendonitis? Tendinitis. Tendinosis. Tendinosis. How to beat Achilles tendinosis. How are we going to do it? Tendinopathy. Dr. Nick, what is it? Oh, man. Uh, it's just kind of a degenerative changes in the tendon that is attaching to your two calf muscles. Mm. Oh, good point, actually. Because yeah. you would have said just truly uh, those two calf muscles are your soleus and your gastroc. So most yeah. people think of their calf as one unit. That's a good point. Uh, so what are the causes, Dr. Marissa? What would you say? I'd say the causes can be either, there's two, two causes, let's go with two. Uh, the first one can be where you have an acute tendonitis or you have mm-hmm. a, a quick flare-up of the tendon, um, and that's usually from doing a little bit too much, uh, mm-hmm. asking too much of your Achilles tendon, whether that's putting too much force through it, um, repetitive force through it, um, just too much, and, mm-hmm. it, and it kind of reacts to that um, by flaring up on you, uh, or you've just got kind of over time, you haven't put enough stress through it, and it just kind of degenerates, and it can't um, can't handle what you're asking it to do on a daily basis. So you've got that long-term mm-hmm. cause, or you've got that short-term cause. Agreed. And, and it's uh, how do people know what their main cause is? Is that usually kind of looking at their history? I mean, how do hey, because you know listeners out there are going to figure out like, well, if it's both, it, one, do you treat them differently, and then two, how do I know which one I have? But I, I think you can basically go off of your timeline too. Like if this is your first time ever having this and it's within six weeks, I think you're still in that short term um, yeah. versus if you've had a long history of this and you have a flare up and Two this years. is, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, honestly, I could even say over three months, people who've battled this for enough time that it is not an itis anymore and it's more of an osis, something more long term. And, and I think in general, we think of a tendonitis as an irritation of a tendon, mm-hmm. um, but the tendinosis is something a little bit more long term where the inflammation is not exactly present in there. Um, it's just chronic degenerative changes in that tendon. So either way, we, we do uh, or we are able to address both, but sometimes it does uh, depend on your exact case. So with that, Dr. Nick, how, would, how do you fix... Um, you know, Achilles tendonitis, is it just like a one time you stretch it one time and it's good? Yeah, well, it depends how they got it. Yeah. Um, a lot of acutely, um, it helps to do a lot of tissue work, foam rolling, um, lacrosse balling, um, just to kind of like decrease pain so we're able to load it a little bit because uh, tendons respond very well to loads. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to be loaded. It's how your muscle rebuilds and it's how the tendon unit rebuilds. Um, but if it's flared up and it's angry at everything you're doing to it, you got to do a little bit of calf tissue work to mm-hmm. kind of loosen it up. Uh, I don't like to go to stretching right away. So mm-hmm. I would say do some calf loosening up and then follow that up with some loading. Mm-hmm. Dr. Mercer, are you, we all differ a little bit on our treatment yeah. styles. Yeah. yeah. How would you... Uh, what's your recipe? How would you address that? So he doesn't like to 
uh, stretch very quickly. You like to do tissue work and then load. Dr. Marissa, what do you what do you usually do? Yeah, I say that it, my approach is pretty similar to Nick's. Um, as far as the loading goes, if somebody's super flared up, mm -hmm. like I would probably use more isometrics to start. Um, mm. So we're still loading, but in a way that isn't going to um, flare them up even further. Yeah. yeah. So use isometrics more for pain uh, so until for, they're calmed down to a point where then they can then, then tolerate some more aggressive loading. So for pain users out there, so yeah. con you know, people who are out there listening, so isometrics are more of, you know, you're not really going through a motion. You're just holding a position. Yeah, Is like holding accurate? the top of holding a position up on your toes, for example, for like a minute. Ooh. Yeah. Actually, that is very tough. So if you're listening and you're standing uh, I or sitting, stand up, not while you're driving, stand up and try and stay on your toes mm -hmm. and do a calf raise at the top and maintain for a minute. These are the type of things that she's talking about. So you can stretch it. And by tissue work, we mean whether that's foam rolling it or using your own hands to kind of work it out. Um, but then also the strengthening, you know, Dr. Marissa doesn't like to do go right into, you know, resisted movements all the way through. She likes to start with isometrics. And you yeah. say at the top is kind of your, you like to start there or do yeah. you kind of go mid range? Well, usually, usually at the top if they can tolerate it. Um, but if they can't, then we're doing maybe a seated isometric. Mm, that's good too. So you would going to calf raise while you're sitting mm -hmm. and then hold that. Do you have, do you apply any resistance with your hands at all? Not yet. Depends on if they flare up without it first. Mm, okay. Gotta see what they can tolerate. Got it. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys, so I guess on my take on that, um, I take a different approach. Um, I have every year my approach changes to how to fix these things. And cause some, for some it works great and others it's not so much. So, um, I kind of waver back and forth, but I think that uh, currently I have a lot of clients who I go aggressive on their tendon. So a lot of cross friction, meaning self massage to the injured area and almost irritating it to a point where it's a little sore. Um, and that tends that with deep aggressive stretching, uh, and, um, I actually don't strengthen too much until I can get them uh, until I can get the tissue not sensitive to touch. Mm -hmm. So everybody's algorithm is just a little different, but it changes per case, right? Whether it's a short-term person, long-term person, every single person. So if you're out there listening, um, what we're saying is there's various ways to do that, but I think we're all agreeing that, you know, you definitely have to do some type of self massage in the form of a foam roller or your hands. Um, it's definitely applicable to do stretching. It's just when, right? Maybe too early if it's hurting to stretch. I mean, that's too, uh, it's too aggressive. Sorry. It's too, too you almost have to be able to stretch without having significant pain. Or mm -hmm. so we all agree on that, right? And then cross friction, I just brought that in. So rubbing the tissue almost to a point where it's a little irritated. Some people have different thoughts on that. I like it. I, I think Kurt. Currently, I like to flare up tissue a little bit, um, so that way it starts that uh, that inflammation process again, um, and then starting to stretch it and move it through that new range that uh, doesn't hurt as often. So uh, while you're out there listening, there's definitely variations to these things. Now, um, strengthening, I think that Dr. Mercer brought up a good point. I think the strengthening is a big part of it. Um, do you think that people have to be pain-free in order to, to strengthen? Uh, absolutely not. I would actually expect probably an increase of around three points on mm. like a zero to 10 scale during these exercises. But what, what we look for for strengthening is does that 
does that three-point sway or that three-point increase, does it come back down at, like, the 24-hour mark? Mm -hmm. And that kind of gives you a good read on if it was a little bit too much mm -hmm. um, or if you're right in the right spot. But, yeah, probably be a little bit flared up during so if you have, sessions. So, if, yeah, go go if they're at a three already, just... Uh, statically and you do some strength and mm -hmm. you expect it to go up to a six for 24 hours yep and, and then come back down six during the session yeah and then come back down so, to a three so for listeners yeah so if, yeah. if you're if you're doing something and that pain goes up dr marissa is saying go up three points so if your baseline pain is a two out of ten and you do a stretch or you do a movement and it goes to five out of ten we just don't want to go beyond that um and secondly we want to make sure that comes back down to a two within 24 hours mm -hmm. is that correct yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dr. Nick, how do you approach things? The strengthening. Do you do you do it when they're pain free or um, right away? I don't necessarily have to wait for them to be pain free. Again, it's all on a case by case basis. But um, I think strengthening helps resolve a little bit of pain. Usually, mm -hmm. if they are baseline yeah. three out of ten pain and they're irritated. Um, I'll go through some strengthening, and usually what I'll see is it, they might have pain with the first couple of reps, but then it starts to decrease and go mm -hmm. away. Yeah, absolutely. What do you guys think about taping? Is that a thing for Achilles tendonitis? Does it help long-term, short-term? What do you think, Dr. Mercer? Yeah, I'd say it, it, it's helpful for um, anybody who, when you put the tape on them, it makes them feel better. Um, if you put tape on someone who doesn't like to have tape on yeah. them, then they're probably not going to, they're probably sure. not going to feel better. Yeah, but sometimes it just gives like a little bit of extra, um, sensory input in the area. Mm -hmm. It makes people feel a little bit more stable. And generally when people feel a little bit more stable, they feel a little bit less threatened and a little mm -hmm. bit less painful. So it's not a bad thing to have tape on. Not a bad thing. Mm -mm. Dr. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I'd agree with Marissa. I think it's okay to use a little bit of tape, especially acutely for this. Mm -hmm. yep. um, more, I, I don't think you should have it on forever. It's it's not a it's not going to fix the problem. Um, but a little bit of tape acutely to kind of get them through a period and allow them to have less pain throughout their day is a good thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I'm on the bandwagon of anything that makes you feel better. Go for it Do in it. the interim. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, for a yeah. meanwhile, get this calmed down. And then we can fix the problem, which yep. is the my biomechanical assessment, which goes into shoe wear. All those things that go into the long-term fix, mm -hmm. right? The taping, the stretching, the, you know, all those things are important. But now is what do you do to do to fix this long-term? I mean, even from a shoe wear standpoint, is that a thing? Is that something important to address in Achilles tendonitis? What do you guys think? I think I think for sure if somebody is getting some Achilles issues after I you know I've seen this happen where somebody goes from running in you know a high heeled shoe or a more a bigger a thicker heel shoe and they go into like what like be like a zero drop shoe and all of a sudden they start running in this zero drop shoe mm. um, and then all of a sudden they get this Achilles tendon issue um, if temporarily you need to go back to the shoe that was working better for you in the past. Mm -hmm. um, you can do that, and then we can slowly work back back into more of a zero drop shoe if that's what you were trying to do. But it depends on if you like what flared it up in the first place. Um, yeah, if it was a change in shoe wear. Um, yeah, and and some people are bigger fans of zero drop shoes. And for those of you who are out there who are not familiar with the term, 
the term is basically, imagine yourself wearing a sandal, like a straightforward sandal. There's really no wedge in the back of the heel underneath you. It's a very flat surface. So um, in a regular tennis shoe, your heel might be lifted just a little bit. The extreme would be in high heels, right? You're kind of propped up on your toes and your heels way off the ground. <laughs> and in normal tennis shoes, you're only your heels off the ground, maybe an inch and a half to two inches. In zero drop shoes, they're very close to the ground. And so when you do that, that's why I feel some people who have Achilles tendonitis do horribly in sandals and they don't realize why. Yeah. Sometimes that Achilles or that cord is getting stretched when you're in no support. Does that make sense to everybody? I mean, mm -hmm. and, and I think that sometimes I'll put people in shoes just to wedge them a little higher, get your heel off. And yep. take pressure off of that. So I think sometimes making the connection of when you're barefoot or in your sandals, your Achilles might hurt more. Well, it's probably because it's flared up and you're having no support through that heel. It's a temporary fix until you can figure out what the main solutions are. But I do like changing uh, shoe wear, um, especially when it's flared up. Um, I think whatever shoes works for you, that's fine. I, I don't really have a huge bias, but I think the zero drop shoes or whatever you're exploring, if you go too hard too soon, you're asking for Achilles tendonitis. Yeah, it, I think yeah. if you blow into shoes or you're onto five finger, five finger toe shoes, what are those called, Vibrams? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, so if you're into those, that, that's fine too. I think that if you've never done them and you go out and run 10 miles with them, you're going to have problems. Yeah. You kind of have to progress into these things, right? You might start with a regular shoe like an Asics or a Nimbus or whatever it is and then go into a zero drop shoe and then go into a Vibram. You almost have to go into it versus starting. Yeah, real slow. Um, if you're not a runner and you're having these things, I mean, this is just more informative, but I, I think shoe wear is a huge part of this and it can contribute to making it feel better, right? Yeah. Better or worse, yeah. Or worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure, sure. So, Dr. Nick, do people have to stop running or jumping uh, when they have Achilles tendonitis? Uh, again, case by case varies. Um, for the most part, though, we, we, we definitely try not to stop people from doing what they enjoy in total. Um, whether we're modifying their volume, though, could be a different story. Yeah. And, uh, are you, Marissa, are you a fan of progressing their running while they're hurt? Or do you stop them from doing it? Or do you alter it? How do you, what do you do to their programs? So generally, I like to establish their run tolerance mm. to start. Um, so how many miles can they run before yep. they start to they start to have this issue? And so if we at least know where their run tolerance is, then we can play around with what happens after they hit that mark. So mm. if do they hit five miles and then at the six mile they're up to a ten out of ten pain, mm -hmm. then we might keep them down at five just for a little bit and work on. Um, like whether we're improving the speed in there or we're going to try to like kind of build them up from where their current run tolerance huge. is, I think. That's huge. Yeah. Because I think that Achilles tendonitis get worse with inactivity mm -hmm. because you're almost letting that tendon shorten down too much. Yeah. You know, you're not, mm -hmm. that so tendon is meant to down. stress, right? To, to stretch and move. It's like a spring. And that spring, if you don't continue to stretch it out, that spring becomes more resistant. It's almost like rusty. It's tougher to stretch it out more. So I think if people rest it, um, and this is case by case. So if you've had a long history of tendonitis and, and stopping things for three months works for you, great. But if it keeps coming back, there's a reason, right? So um, I think that if you rest it completely, that tissue hardens, gets stiffer, 
and it's more resistance to stretch when you go out and run again. So uh, sometimes rest makes people worse because yeah. they're like, ah, now I can't even walk. Well, because that tendon has shortened down, it's even worse. Right. So I think that keep, keeping people moving and in the activity they're, they're currently doing. I don't want you, if you've never jump roped and you were running and you had Achilles and ice and you go jump rope, it's going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want you picking an activity that is totally foreign and is going to make this worse. But I think continuing the things that you were doing, it's just modifying, like Dr. Marissa said, finding that base level of pain. Go below that threshold, stay active until you can get all these kind of the, mm -hmm. the short-term and long-term fixes for the root cause of it. I think that's huge for long-term management yeah. of these things. Yeah. I mean, because the goal is to improve the tendon's ability to take force through it, right? Yeah, to handle stress. And if you take away all of its stress, it's yeah. just going to adapt to that and then it's going to be less capable of making improvements. So even if you're cutting down your run, let's say we cut down your run volume a little bit, we're adding in some other strengthening exercises yep. for the tendon so that it's still continuing to, um, to get stronger. Yeah. yeah. So you said something important there. You're doing exercises in the meanwhile, mm -hmm. right? So Dr. Oh, Nick, yeah. right. I mean, do you, do you recommend doing, okay, so you can track your mileage, go below your threshold, not do anything, change your shoe wear, stretch it, but ultimately, do you have to do exercise work? Can you just do this other stuff and be fine? Can you do exercises? I mean, is that is that something that you would recommend or will it flare it up? Um, are rehab exercises going to help it? What's the intention? Oh, I believe rehab exercises will help it immensely, right? Like I said, the tendon responds to mechanical stress, so weightlifting. And this starts a cascade of healing or immunal response in which case your brain will release hormones to go remodel and build the tendon stronger the muscle tendon unit stronger mm -hmm. so you have to kind of it's a big I recipe the long term yeah. yeah yeah so do a little bit of everything i don't think you have to do just rehab exercises or just no. keep running yeah. or just change your shoe wear this is all one massive yeah. recipe and different yeah. things work for different people yeah. And, and because of that, that's the art of what we do to be able to help people. It's not, you know, like the one, you know, fix. I saw this YouTube stretch. This is like the exercise. Yeah. YouTube has those things, but they're, they're not usually going to fix everything. So try them out, do everything you need to, but, you know, try a comprehensive approach and then definitely get on to schedule um, with somebody who is a biomechanical specialist who knows how to handle these things, who understands your active lifestyle, so you can continue to keep training just like the PTs at Sports Performance <laughs> Physical Therapy. Just a little plug in there. <laughs> On behalf of the whole team, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, stay healthy and avoid Achilles tendinosis. Tendinitis? Tendinitis? Tendinopathy? See you guys next time. <laughs>